This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome into the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. Glad to have you aboard this morning. One hour to talk about fishing on the North Shore of Lake Pontchartrain, uh, Manchac, all the way to Pearl River, all the waters in between, including uh, Lake Pontchartrain and the Biloxi Marsh. Uh, we're going to cover it this morning. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was hoping to be talking uh, about some cooler weather by now, but that's not going to happen. Uh, we're seeing highs in the 90s, and earlier in the week, uh, we had slightly lower humidity, making it feel halfway decent in the mornings and the afternoons, but that humidity is creeping back in, and, well, it's getting that all-too-familiar summertime feel to the air. Um, this September, is it's almost done, and with uh, This month has been the hottest on record, looking at the, the numbers here. Also the driest on record. And, well, the lack of rainfall is actually a good thing uh, for us on the, on the North Shore because it helps with the salinity in the lake. And as far as those rivers and bayous not turning out all that fresh water, uh, I had the chance to talk with Mr. Forrest Green, and he's been concentrating on that West Pearl, catching a ton of spotted bass over there on the West. Um, that West Pearl is, is probably the most turbulent river we have on the North Shore. Well, that and the, and the Bogachetta River. But uh, Mr. Green told us, um, told me that he hasn't seen the West Pearl this nice in a long time. Uh, and, you know, he wants to get out there, start targeting those speckled trout around this time. Uh, you know, they're usually coming into the lake right now, but he's, he's just got to take advantage of that bite on the West Pearl. He says uh, the river is cleaner than normal it's flowing at a slower pace and if you ever wanted to fish the west uh but the speed of the water the muddy water prevented you from doing so now is the time to get out there and fish it um, looking at the 10-day forecast and there's no sign of rain coming so this should be a pretty good stretch of time to to get out there and and fish that river really the whole pearl river system uh that whole area is a lot tamer than what it normally is so I got a big thumbs up from Mr. Green on the West Pearl. And we're going to be talking uh, more about bass fishing on the North Shore later on. We're going to talk with the tournament director uh, for Bass Assassins Bass Tournament, Chris Basie. Uh, those guys fish the Chifunka River. So we'll get a report on the conditions of that river. And also we'll get uh, the results from that tournament. And, of course, we'll get some, uh, some info on some other tournaments that, that we have going on here on the North Shore. Also, we get some tips on that fall transition that, well, hopefully we're about to see, huh? Fingers crossed. Man, this this hot weather is, is really getting old. Um, just waiting on that first cool front. It seems like it just gets hotter and hotter when you expect that cold weather to be coming. Um, we're also going to play thumbs up, thumbs down with Chris. I'll throw out a few spots out there and uh, see if Chris approves or disapproves of it for fishing this weekend. Maybe help you out a little bit. Um, catching bass this weekend also later on the show amanda moore of the mississippi river delta restoration program is going to join us uh, she's going to let us know about an event coming up here on the north shore it's called conservation on tap 
Um, it's an opportunity for sportsmen to meet with members of the organization and the Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation and talk a little bit about coastal restoration. Maybe it's uh, something that's affecting the area that you fish. I know recently they pumped sediment from the, the lake into that eroding marshland at the mouth of uh, Bayou Bonfica, and uh, that was very successful. I've seen those inner duck ponds that were on both sides of the bayou uh, grow and grow, and, and they didn't, if they didn't fill it in, uh, that water would have eaten out the, the bank. And, and, you know, once you lose that bank, it's all over. Uh, now you really have a big task on your hands if you lose that bank. So we've seen what rebuilding the marshland can do firsthand over here uh, around that Bayou Bonfica area. And they're currently uh, pumping sand into that salt bayou area. If you've driven uh, Highway 90 from the Wrigley's towards Mississippi, you see that pipeline on the west side. Um, the sand is being pumped from the lake into the duck pond there as well. So while the North Shore and the coastal restoration don't really go hand in hand, uh, we usually think of areas more south of here. We do have some areas uh, where we are losing land. So Amanda will join us to fill fill us in on, on the specifics of where and when this event is going to be held. And, of course, uh, we'll check in with Captain Andy Jones, Wicked Charters. Captain Andy is all smiles these days with, with the lake cleaning up and those strong southeast winds that we're seeing. Uh, we'll talk with, with Andy and see what he's seeing out there on Lake Pontchartrain and, and Lake Bourne and, and Lake Catherine area. So lots to get to here this morning. Hang tight through the break. And we'll pick back up with uh, more North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors, 105.3 HD2, or streaming live at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Be right back. All right, welcome back to the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. Up next, we're going to check in with Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters. Busy, busy man, Captain Andy is. Uh, it's about that time, you know, while it's hot during the day, those overnight lows are dipping a little bit, cooling the water off just a little bit. Uh, those trout should be moving into the bayous along the, uh, the northern shoreline of Lake Pontchartrain, and that's where Andy calls home. So the lake is cleaning up, and so let's get to Captain Andy to get a report from him. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm doing just fine, but and I tell you what, I don't know if it's a mental thing, Andy. You know, I think we're looking for these cold fronts, and they're not coming, and it just seems to be getting hotter and hotter. But I'm looking at the temperatures. It's really not that high. It's 91, 92. That's what we've seen all summer. You know, I mean, we've seen hundreds this summer. But what about you? Do you think that is getting to your head here? Yeah. I mean, you can feel it. If you're out there every day, you know, you're outside, you know, you can tell it's trying to cool down. It's just, boy, summer's really hanging on with all it's got this year. (laughs) It's trying to cool down. But, boy, I'll tell you what, it it is still warm. You fishing today? I am. Uh, we're going out this afternoon. We've got a cracking uh, hunt this afternoon, so a big, big fish trip um, out of Mandeville area. What's your plans for that? Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna try to get some live mullet, maybe take some shrimp. We might even explore the causeway a bit uh, just to see. We haven't uh, we haven't hit over there in a little bit, uh, and just go see if anything's going on over there. Um, we've been fishing Lake Catherine quite a bit, that area. Uh, we're starting to see a few trout come in like we talked last time. And we're getting kind of excited about that. It just in this wind should be helping us. We've had a good push of uh, east wind, salinity's up a little bit. So we're keeping our fingers crossed. Um, you know, this, this fish bite's going to continue. Andy, uh, 
talk a little bit. Are you still seeing the shrimp around? Is the shrimp still coming into the marshes and the bayous, or what's the shrimp seeing? Yeah, we're still seeing it over there uh, in in Little Lake around uh, that the Wrigley's area there. There's still been some shrimp. The shrimp boats are still working. They're working out in Bourne, uh, out, you know, out around Half Moon, and uh, we're seeing them out in there. So, yeah, it's been uh, – it's been continuing, still pretty good. Uh, the Biloxi Marsh area is really starting to, to go off in different areas, too, from uh, from the reports we're getting. I haven't been fishing over there, but uh, they're moving from the backside to a little more on the front side, all the way up to the Bourne shoreline. Mm. Andy, now I know you throw a cast net a lot. Are, are you catching any shrimp while you throw that cast net? We haven't been catching any shrimp. Uh, and other good news, we haven't been catching any Asian carp. So that's <laughs> that's <an> upside. <laughs> that's a good trade off. Huh? Uh, yeah, uh, good good bait in the lake right now on the on the North Shore. Uh, the mullet run's been going on for several weeks now. Uh, it's been thick. Uh, I get people calling me all the time that they're seeing bait as they're driving over the causeway. Um, you know, our last trip out there where we had those blue cats suspended. Uh, so hopefully we'll see a little bit of that today. Yeah, you, you you bring up the blue cat suspended. Talk a little bit about that because when I talked to you, you told me it wasn't a typical catfish, you know, where they're feeding on the bottom. You just cast out and let the bait go to the bottom and catch fish. It was almost like a, you know, a, a fish you target like a speckled trout or a redfish. Now, talk about how they were suspending like that. Well, you know, it's not something that I haven't seen before, but a lot of times when our customers catch them, they're fishing off the bottom of Carolina rig style or something like that, and they'll pick them up, you know, maybe a foot or so off the bottom or right on the bottom. And we were marking fish, but we couldn't get anything to eat. And we started swimming the baits, and they started hitting them. Uh, and we've caught some real nice big blue cats before trolling. So it's not completely out of the uh, ordinary, you know, that those fish will suspend mm-hmm. and eat. Um, like I said, we've caught some 25 and 30-pound range trolling before, thinking we have the, you know, the state record trout on there. <laughs> Fooling <it. laughs> Yeah, uh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, man, we didn't do a tussle, but uh, yeah, so it's not completely unusual, but it was just trying to figure out that bite. Once we got on them, it was a lot of fun. And and how deep are they suspended? About midway or what? Yeah, so we're fishing between uh, 14 and 12 foot there, and they were right at about 8 feet. Hmm. You know, yeah, they were right about the 8 foot marks swimming that bait through there, and boom, they were hitting it in every cast. A lot of fun, had a nice little box of fish. That's awesome. That's awesome that you got that wide variety of fish to catch. Um, talk a little bit about what you're seeing as far as water. Um, is is that algae still there, or, or can we wait? We got we, to that? we do we do have some algae in pockets. It's not at all like what we've been experiencing through the summer. You know, the summer's just been unbelievable, and even into uh, September, uh, still very thick and heavy in, in areas that have got real patchy. But we're seeing, uh, you know, just light areas of the algae. The water's really cleaning up, looks a lot better. Uh, you know, hopefully with this east wind bringing, bringing some salt water in, that'll keep keep helping us in that area. But, I, yeah, the water's looking better. Uh, you do get into some areas where it's kind of, it's still a little shaky, but then, uh, you know, you can find some, you, you have a lot better time 
a lot easier finding good water right now than it's been in, been all summer. Good, good. Andy, uh, your cracking trips, that's another name for your big fish trips that you do. Has that changed any since midsummer with, with uh, you know, the, the sun at a different angle and then fall approaching? Uh, do you notice any, any pickup in any other big fish, or is it that about the same as what you've seen this summer? Well, it's been interesting for us because we do run that big fish trip, and we have not had, obviously with the lack of salt, the, really haven't seen the jacks push all the way into the uh, uh, west end of the lake uh, like we typically see. Um, we haven't seen the, the big bull reds like we normally see, and the bull shark have been been down. Um, and I don't know whether to attribute that a little bit to the bait on the bull sharks. I know bull shark and uh, redfish, the, the salinity doesn't bother them. Now, we've had a lot of redfish. So we just haven't had the big bulls that we typically see when we're on those fishing trips uh, over here. But the alligator gar have been uh, absolutely fantastic. So the gar trips have been great. Um, and just a little a little point of interest, I think we uh, I think we broke the state record. looks like we broke the state record for the long-nose gar uh, last week with one of our customers. Uh, we've got that paperwork set in and we had the fish certified by the biologist. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see if it, if it stands. The current record on that long nose gar is 16.404 and ours was 27.4. So we're pretty yeah, excited yeah. about that. Looking forward to see if that stands. That's so cool. Andy, now that long nose gar, you know, I saw the picture of it. I think you guys waited over at Bayou Adventure. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, that doesn't look too big, but there's a difference in those, the long nose gar as opposed to the alligator gar. Um, a long nose gar, 16.4, that's got to be the biggest you've ever caught, right? That's a 16.04 was a big fish. I, I hadn't seen one until we caught this 20-pounder. Uh, oh, I, we knew okay. right away that we, yeah, I, I knew right away that we had something kind of unusual. Now people have seen them bigger, you know, obviously catching them on rod and reel is the, is the, 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 the key. It's hard to get them, uh, rod and reel. Um, right, but yeah, it was the biggest, I, I knew, I knew for that species, it was, it was definitely one of the biggest that we'd seen. Well, good deal. Yeah, I saw the pictures uh, uh, of you over there at Bayou Adventure. That was that was pretty cool. Andy, uh, uh, Flounder, Jeff, can you, go ahead. Uh, Jeff Bordelon was fantastic because we got in kind of late. I uh, called him up, and he said, hey, I'll meet you at the shop. I can't say enough about Bayou Adventure and their support. Uh, those guys are, in, you know, they just love the oddity, too. You know, the alligator guards, the long-nose guards, anything that's that's cool like that, they absolutely love so, yeah, I really Absolutely. appreciate them opening up and letting us get that fish on the scale. Andy, uh, let's jump back. Flounder, um, any reports on the flounder? Man, I'm seeing better and better reports um, on the site. The flounder looks like it looks like we're going to be all right with flounder. Um, you, you still catching a few of those? You know, I'm hoping that it, it continues to make the comeback. We're seeing some, uh, like you said, I'm seeing reports of them. We haven't had uh, a lot here recently. You know, we'll pick up one or two. We haven't picked up any big ones. Uh, we get those smaller ones. We're 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 putting them back. Um, 
But, yeah, it's just good to see Flounder coming back into the area again. And, and you know, you're seeing guys that have a mixed box and they're, uh, they're you know, having a, having a few Flounder in the catch now. So, yeah, definitely, definitely improvement. Mm-hmm. Andy, and I know you, you, you know, you run a charter, you, you have a lot of clients on your boat. What would you say the ratio from clients that want to fish trout compared to uh, the clients that, that want to fish for redfish? Because, man, redfish is making a huge – push here um hearing a lot about the out-of-state guys that want to you know go catch redfish couldn't care less about trout what would you say the ratio is from trout to redfish you know with our customers it's it we don't see uh too many guys just like saying hey unless it's our alligator gar trips you know targeting something specific uh redfish and trout are usually combined together uh okay. so, so you know they're they, you yeah, get, uh, trout or redfish Right, right. They don't, they don't mind, and we've had to tell them this year that hey, you know, there's a possibility that the trout have been so tough over the summer, you know, mm-hmm. and in June, even when we're, we still see a few, um, that hey, you know, there's a good possibility we're not gonna, we're not gonna see trout, so we've been kind of targeting the redfish, and everybody's been happy with that. Um, and the nice thing about those trips, we've been able to add some sheephead and blue cats. You know, I call it I, I call it an aquarium catch. You know, aquarium catch. Yeah. yeah. Never know what's on the other end of the line, huh? That's right. That's right. We kind of so you know, of course, we're looking for redfish and other stuff, but we try to mix it up. Um, and you know, we had a couple of trips. We had one trip where customer actually got tired of the redfish was like hey man can we do something else that was a great problem to have the bite was just absolutely you know for every cast the only thing that was the slowing us down on that was uh you know unhooking the fish so um we went and chased some sheephead and some other species and had just Andy, had a great uh, trip a lot of fun. uh fall and spring typically the best times to to troll uh to drag those lines for trout on the bridges trestles the causeway um do, are you going to do any trolling when this cooler weather comes or do you primarily focus on on trolling in late february you know early spring well we're we're going to be uh we're going to be out there making some some drags here uh within the next 2 weeks uh i like to see that water temperature drop I like to get it into the low 70s. Really, once it breaks into the 60s, uh, that's where I really start kind of getting excited. Although I will will say we have picked up some fish at, at 72, uh, right around there. So yeah, the water temp's still holding pretty high, pretty strong for for what I like to typically troll. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do troll redfish in these warmer temps and jacks. We just haven't had the opportunity to go out and chase them. I know there's been some in uh, Slidell and uh, over in the Wrigley's area, small pockets of them. We've only had a few days to look for them, and we really haven't had great success on that, that those trips yet. Yeah, so still hopefully, hopefully we'll get a shot at it. Yeah. 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 Well, all right, Andy. Andy, um, teal season, you know, that, that's ending. You've been seeing much teal flying overhead. I've heard a lot of guys shooting. Um, my son's been out. He's got had a few good days. He said it's been kind of like the fishing. He said you're either having a great day or you're not seeing anything at all. So um, I, I 
you know, and basically everybody I've talked to about that has said the same thing. They kind of followed what he was saying. Uh, you know, they're either on them or, or they're all around them, you know. But uh, I think they did okay this year. Of course, the, the temperatures have been real hot again. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andy, uh, anything else I'm leaving out? I think we got it covered, man. I'm looking forward to a great day today. Hopefully beautiful weather. I hope everybody's out enjoying this and taking advantage of it. Um, You know, just be safe out there. All right. Where can folks get some information about booking a trip, Andy? North Shore Fishing Report is the easiest place. Go on the banner, click it, uh, and they can find everything else they'd like to see on the North Shore you know, fishing, they got guys port, uh, posting great reports. You got a lot of, of uh, other customers with great banners. Um, you got all the stuff for Wrigley's and Montefuca. We, and we've got a river. salinity report. <laughs> you got a salinity report, man. You got it all. The Hydrocoast maps. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, it's one, it's one top shot. Me. <laughs> hey, you got to have it. You got to yeah, have like it. my salinity report. <laughs> Saying zero got tiring after a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, zero points per thousand. <laughs> zero, right, zero, Andy. zero. Yeah, you try to stay cool, man. Um, and those cool okay, fuckers got to be coming soon. Good luck this afternoon. All right. All right, Keith. <laughs> sounds good. Have a great day. You too. All right, Andy Jones right there. Wicked Charters. Uh, things are turning back to normal. Good stuff right there. Actually, good to talk about catching fish and not not that muddy algae water that we've seen with the spillway uh, being open. So things are looking up. I'm excited. Uh, these cool fronts are uh, right around the corner. I keep saying they're right around the corner, but who knows, huh? So we're looking for those trout to move west. So looking forward to some great fishing here on the North Shore. Okay, up next we're going to talk a little bass fishing, uh, freshwater fishing on the North Shore. We're going to check in with the tournament director for Bass Assassins, Mr. Chris Basie, and maybe he'll give us some pointers to targeting bass in the fall transition. Um, so we're going to get to Chris right here after the break. Play thumbs up, thumbs down, too. So keep it tuned right here. We'll check in with Chris. You're, you're listening to the North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors. Be back right after this. And welcome back to the North Shore Fishing Report. Up next we're going to talk a little bass fishing. Chris Basie runs the Bass Assassins Tournament here on the North Shore and is an avid bass fisherman in the, in the rivers and the bayous that run into the lake here on the North Shore, uh, all the way from Manshack down to down to the Pearl River, Salt Bayou, Chaponka River, all of them. Chris, are you fishing today? No, sir. Not right now, anyway. Probably working, huh? Yeah, I am. <laughs> no shame in that, Chris. Chris, uh, we're still waiting on that first cool front to come through and, and, and get fall kick-started here. But, you know, I'm noticing something. I'm noticing the trees dropping leaves. I'm noticing the sun at a different angle. How much does uh, the weather affect these fish, and, and how much of it is just auto-programmed into them by God, and, and they, they just start adjusting to, to fall because their clock tells them it's fall? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the, the fish and the animals know a lot more about the weather and, and the time than we do. Uh, you know, when, just like when we start seeing the longer shadows, the shorter days, we know that uh, we know that the relief from this heat is coming. And uh, they know the same thing. You know, they're watching the moon phases, and and uh, they're they're already looking forward to moving up 
I'm sure the bait fish are already starting to move into the little pockets and all now, so the bass going to be right behind them. Yeah, yes. You know, as humans, we we get we you know figure things out, and we're you know let's wait on that that's cold fronts. But I tell you what, I I notice in nature just, just doing its own thing. So I got to believe that those bass are are they know what to do around this time. You you speak of moon phases. How much does that affect bass fishing? <laughs> A good bit. I mean, they uh they feed like if it's a full moon all night, they'll feed most of the night and you know, your, your morning bite's going to be it. And that's, they're not going to be eating anymore. They're going to be full. You're going to have to make them react. Um, the same with the spawn. Once it hit, like, like you were just talking about when that time frame when they start to hit the moon, that certain moon and that time of year, they know it's time to move up. They know it's time to do their thing and, each moon that comes through, full moon and new moon, there's more fish to move in. So they they follow that big time. Chris, you guys had a, a tournament at the Jafunta River. I see that uh, Jimmy Doris won it. Now, this is his second straight win. Um, Jimmy surprised me with this one. I, I don't think I've seen him. I don't think of him when, you know, when we think Jafunta River, but he did. He got it. Uh, he got two in a row. Run down that tournament if you don't mind. Yeah, he he's been getting pretty good here since about since last year. If you notice in the standings, he's been moving on up, learning that river. Uh, it was nice, you know. It was a really nice morning. It wasn't hot, and uh, it was a nice relief to sit there and talk in the morning and not sweat before you even got out on the water. And the water was a little high, but the fishing was really good on the southern end, from what I hear. I didn't go down there, so <laughs> I didn't enjoy of it. <laughs> <laughs> so the fish were on the southern end. What one? Yeah, that, what was your? What was the bag? The uh, nine twelve is what won it, and that's. I mean, that's pretty good for for summertime. You know, late summer. I'm looking for them weights to start going up a little bit. But nine twelve won it. Then they had a nine eight was right behind it, which was Will Henry, and uh, he. Let's see. Will had the big fish, 311. Oh, so. that helped him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Chris, uh, you know, now fishing at Funko River, uh, the Minotry Boat Launch, it's also known as the Fort Street Launch. Uh, for those who don't know where this is, run through it right quick, the whereabouts of the Fort Street Launch. Yes, sir. Uh, when you get off of I-12, right there by, you know where Target is and Academy is and all that, that's Highway 21. If you get off there and go north towards the hospital, and you just, right before you get to the hospital, you're going to notice a road on the right. It's just right alongside the the hospital. You follow it all the way down to to a stop sign. That's janky. Turn right. And then you go down a little ways, uh, a couple blocks, and you'll see 4th Street that crosses it. You turn left there and that's just it's down at the end of that road there. Yeah, just look for four it's actually called Fourth Avenue. Fourth Avenue, right. Yeah. All right, Chris, you just finished a Yeah, a fourth uh you, you finished a uh four part series of your C B Bassin show. I watched the fourth episode where you, you you played with the sensitivity levels a bit. Uh I noticed something on really all the levels. I, I see I see a default line on all the levels. Is is the default line where you want to be? I mean, I, I guess my question on color, 
color line, contrast, and sensitivity is, is where's the best to venture off of default? It, it's a good place to start. Um, the default line is basically like if you have it in auto, on my unit you can do auto and then you can adjust it, like auto plus four or whatever. Auto, the default's going to be right in the middle, and it'll change with the auto. Now, on regular manual settings, you, you'll notice the default will go up to around 70%. And I've noticed that each time on each setting, I'm usually right around the default. So it's, it's, it's a good place to start, and then you venture off from there. You know, what you want to look for is basically what I was saying in the video. You want to make sure you have a good separation of colors from hard bottoms and soft bottoms, and you adjust your screens your sensitivity and all to get that so that you can tell where your hard bottoms and soft bottoms are. Yeah. Yeah. I really learned a lot from that video uh, as far as the hard bottoms, soft bottoms and, and you playing with it, you know, off a of default. Um, Chris, let's switch over to, uh, man, that West Pearl. I talked to Mr. Green. He said he's been fishing the West Pearl and he hasn't seen it this beautiful in quite some time uh, with the lack of rainfall. He said it's down and he's catching a ton of uh, spotted bass or those uh, Kentucky bass. Uh, talk a little bit about what we're seeing as far as the lack of rainfall and some areas that we should be taking advantage of while the water is, is slow and, and down. Yeah, the uh, the whole West Pearl right now, if you, any drain you find is what you want to find. Like any, especially if there's a little fall in the water, you want to fish any drain coming out of the swamps or go down to the marsh too. You know, if you've got a good low outgoing tide, you want to be down in a marsh. And, but I do recommend also to people when you're going on that river right now, it had been high for so long that everything has changed it is, you know, where it might've been seven foot of water a month ago, it might only be a couple inches of water today. So you're going to have to be cautious running that river, but it is getting to a really good level and a really good color that, uh, anybody can get out there and really catch some fish. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, to pull Mr. Green off the trout at this time, it's got to be something special. He said, it's, <laughs> he said oh, man, he, he, he's just got to get, get those uh, spotted bass. Um, let's play thumbs up, thumbs down now, Chris. Uh, you know the routine. I, I name a specific location and give it a thumbs up or thumbs down um, and explain why that, that particular spot might be good or – or bad this, this uh, weekend. Let's start with lock one. Uh, we're launching in the lock canal, and we're going to head to the weir, fish the flat in front of the weir. Thumbs up or thumbs down? That's a thumbs up. That's thumbs up year-round right there. That's always that's a good a little big spot. 10-4, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a big 10-4. <laughs> okay, I should have said that. i got to turn it down that weekend. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I'm not going to ask you to give too much information about that spot, but let's, let's just stop yeah. with a thumbs up. All right, yeah, let's move over up, to, the, move to the East Pearl, launch at Highway 90, head south over to the East Middle, and fish the marsh. Thumbs up or thumbs down? That's a thumbs up, uh, especially if you get a good falling tide. And like I said, I find mainly the low tide range, like at the bottom end of the falling tide, it's the best. Uh, but if you can, if you got the high tide and that's all you can fish and do it, uh, you got to flip into the reeds and any any moving water you find is what's going to be key. Yeah, you might even pick up a few redfish heading south on that pearl, yeah, might, yeah, or a trout or two. 
Yeah. All right, let's move over to Bayou Lacombe. We're going to launch at Lake Road and head north to the old seaplane base. Um, Fish along the bank across from the base going north. What's that? Thumbs up, thumbs down, Chris. Hmm, that's that's kind of a thumb sideways on that one because it's it's (laughs) a thumb sideways. No, that's not an option. (laughs) (laughs) That's hit or miss. I mean, you might go through there and tear them up one day, and then it's um, right now the the size hasn't been there. It's just been some small dinks and and few and far between. So I, I would kind of stay away from that area. And and what are you basing that off of? Is that is that weather? Is that so? You said it's kind of like feast or famine there. Yeah, it, when it gets cooler, I would look for more fish there. Uh, but okay. right now, in this heat, they they just been nothing but small fish I found there, and not many of them. You know, the hotter it gets, the less they're there. <laughs> well, all right, Chris, let's go back to tournament fishing. When's your you guys next uh, tournament? Bass Assassin. That will be the 6th of October, and it's going to be at Lock 1. Lock 1. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I can just about predict who's going to be in the top three at Lock 1. I'll tell you what. It's got to be be Ronald Pierre. It's got to be Eric Seco. Who else is strong Timmy Dickens. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, has he been on a roll, huh? Timmy Dickens. Winning a lot of tournaments here. Yeah. All right. Let's let, and while we're while we're getting your tournament out there, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming tournament. Liars and Lunkers is going to be uh, let's see Sunday, September 29th. So that's tomorrow. That's going to yep. be on the East Pearl, um, yep. Pearl River Team Trails. Is, yeah, it should be. Um, Pearl River Team Trails is having their let's see October 12th. That's going to be a Saturday. And yep. um, Florida Parrots Bass Anglers are, are venturing off the North Shore. They're going to be at Dorian's Landing on a spillway um, on October 12th and 13th. So it's something a little bit different for the Florida Parishes Bass Anglers. I saw that, and I'm thinking that's their classic. I'm not sure on that that's one. Their classic. You know, that, that would make sense because it's uh, 12th and 13th. That would be two days. They usually don't do a two-day right. tournament, so that's that's probably their classic. Well, right. all right, Chris. Uh, thanks for coming on this morning, and uh, good luck in your tournament. Keep me posted, man. No, thanks for having me, Keith. All right. Chris Basie right there talking uh, bass fishing. Lots of tournaments coming up, so uh, if you're interested in, in fishing one, you can find all the information on NorthShoreFishingReport.com. Just click on the North Shore Bass Series page, and you'll see all the uh, past events and, and upcoming ones. All right, we have an event coming up here on the North Shore. It's it's a little get-together called the Conservation on Tap, and it's going to be held in Slidell on October 17th at the Brass Monkey Draft Emporium. Uh, Amanda Moore is the Mississippi River Delta Restoration Program. She's with that program, and she's going to join us uh, to give us the specifics on this event. And maybe this is something you might be interested in attending. We, we've seen a few restoration projects here on the North Shore and around Salt Bayou and Bayou Bonica. So maybe Amanda will have some information about that as well. So hang tight through the break, and we'll get back to talk coastal restoration. You're listening to the North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors. And welcome back to the North Shore Fishing Report. Now, I'm sure you've heard the saying that, that Louisiana loses a football field of marsh every minute. Um, it's something we've gotten immune to here, and uh, we, we've heard it so much. But 
did you know that we've actually made a little progress in the last few years? Uh, now we're now we're losing a football field every hundred seconds. So hey, at least we're we're making progress, huh? Now I know, especially if you fish the Salt Bayou area and the the Bayou Bonfica area here on the North Shore, you've seen sand being pumped into the lake uh, from from the lake into the marshland, uh, solidifying all that marsh in those areas. So um, this is something that affects us on the North Shore. You know, when we typically think about coastal restoration, you think about the southern areas of the state or marshy areas. Um, not typically the North Shore of Lake Pontchartrain, but I tell you, I've been fishing that mouth of Bayou Bonfica since I was 18 years old, and that stretch of marsh on both sides of the mouth where it comes out to the lake has lost a tremendous amount of marsh. So I have to say that we have erosion here on the North Shore as well. So joining me right now to talk about it is Amanda Moore. She's with the Mississippi River Delta Restoration Program, and she's got an event to tell us about. It's going to be held in Slidell on October 17th. It's called Conservation on Tap. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Now, Amanda, before we get to the event, tell us a little bit about Vanishing Paradise, the Mississippi River Delta Race. Delta Restoration Program, the National Wildlife Federation, because I'm having a hard time sorting sorting through all these names here. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a little confusing. I understand. So, um, love to clarify. So, Vanishing Paradise is a program that was launched in 2009, and just to throw another name in, so National Wildlife Federation launched it with Ducks Unlimited, and um, the purpose is to advocate for restoration of the Mississippi River Delta, and the focus of the program is really just sustaining the future fish and wildlife habitat for coastal Louisiana and across the entire Gulf Coast. Um, and so the Gulf of Mexico is home to about 15,000 unique species of wildlife that need our help. And um, like you said, uh, Vanishing Paradise kind of plays off of the idea that Louisiana is known as the sportsman's paradise. And um, however, of course, like you said, we're losing a football field of wetlands. It's every 100 minutes right now. So yeah, we have, we have done a little bit better. Um, it's getting a little slower, but it's still a dire issue. Um, and this is a really important issue for sportsmen and women across the nation because, as we know, the Delta um, is wintering ground to ducks and geese that um, that fly use the flyaway. And, and people, sportsmen and women, not just in Louisiana, but up and down the flyaway and across the, across the Gulf Coast are part of this Vanishing Paradise program. They speak out for the importance of restoration to decision-makers and um, are really fantastic advocates because they know the coast as well as anybody, intimately involved and really love, um, you know, the marsh and everything it has to offer and know it really well. So they're fantastic people to come and, and speak about the importance of it. Um, and you, it really comes through how much they love the, love the wetlands. All right, Amanda, let's get to conservation on tap. So what's this all about? What's going to happen here? So Conservation on Tap um, is an event series, actually, that we've been doing for a few years. Um, every few months, we'll have an event. We've been out in Homa and St. Bernard and New Orleans, uh, Baton Rouge, all over the coast. And um, it's just a kind of a fun event. Uh, the Conservation on Tap, it usually we're going to have some good drinks involved and some good food, and we'll have 
speakers come out who can talk about what's happening um, in different areas across the coast with restoration. And really the idea is to be able to connect sportsmen and women uh, with restoration and make sure they understand what's happening and, and give them different opportunities that they can get involved and talk to their friends and neighbors about what's happening. So this event um, is going to be at the Brass Monkey in Slidell um, on October 17th, and it's going to be from 6 to 8 p.m. And um, it's always a lot of fun. We're going to have, we're partnering this one with Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. Uh, they've been doing some amazing monitoring work, especially um, spring and summer. And, um, and they'll be talking about the lake conditions and what's going on out there right now. Um, we'll be talking about some of the restoration projects in the area that are moving forward. And it was interesting because, like you said, um, there are some pretty big projects that do really impact uh, the North Shore, and we'll be talking about those, like the New Orleans Land Bridge um, projects. There's several out there. The uh, Maripaw diversion is another big one that's moving right now, and these are all really, really important projects um, for, for uh, honestly, that the land bridge protects over 1.5 million people who live all, all around the lake. Um, and so it's really critical that we get restoration, big, large-scale restoration moving out there. And there are opportunities to do that, so we want to talk about that. Um, and then Erin Brown, who's our Sportsman Outreach Coordinator, uh, is actually heading up this event. She hails from the North Shore. The reason she's not talking to you right now is that she's out uh, fishing in some big tournament right now, um, so she couldn't be on. But um, but she's going to be uh, there talking about um, Vanishing Paradise program and uh, t- uh, what's happening with coastal restoration, and how it um, how sportsmen and women can get involved. You do have well, to be uh, like- older to attend the event, so just want to put that out there, um, and it's free, uh, and there's door prizes, so it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Sounds like a lot of fun. Twenty-one to get in. Now you mentioned you mentioned some good beverages. What's that like? Milk and Kool Aid and uh, Coca Cola. <laughs> well, it's gonna be at the Brass Monkey, so I think there's there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be you know conservation on tap. So there's gonna be um, beer uh, involved and and good food and and really some fun presentations. It's it's really mostly about networking and just kind of a really fun fun place to kind of learn stuff that's useful but not too stuffy. Um, and people really and like really like it. It's it's been a good, well attended event all over the coast. So we we are excited. This is the first time we've done it on the North Shore, uh, so we're really excited about that um, and really looking forward to it. And hope um, thank you for letting us help spread the word and make sure that people uh, know about it and can come on out. Absolutely, and I've done a little research, and I like the fact that you guys stress that you're working with sportsmen. You know, it's it's the sportsmen who are the real conservationists, and, and that might not sound right because it's the sportsmen, the hunter, the fishermen who take the wildlife. But if you look further, you'll come up, you know, to the realization that nobody knows the land and the water like these hunters and fishermen of Louisiana, and nobody wants to see our wildlife preserved more than them. So I believe staying in touch with them, working with them, hearing from them is the right route to go. Um how do you, does anything come from these these meetings, or are you just getting some opinions from the fishermen and the hunters when you guys talk, or is there any format to, to what's going to happen that night? So we're going to do a couple different really brief presentations. So one is going to be um, just sending out information, talking about the conditions of the lake, and of course we'll have scientists there from the Basin Foundation, and then. 
the sportsmen, it's always very interactive and informal. So if there's any questions, you know, this is a good opportunity to ask people about. We'll have people talking about the specific projects. So if they have questions about the projects, we can try to answer them, or we always can point people to experts on everything um, and make those connections pretty easily. Um, And then just, you know, there's a way that folks can sign up to um, keep if there's a certain project or something that they really care about in particular, they can sign up to kind of keep abreast of like the big project milestones and, and things that are happening. And then um, we'll follow up with that. We do stuff all year round. There's a, a bunch of different ways that people can get involved if they, you know, really want to, it can be anything from going to DC to talk to legislators, going to Baton Rouge, uh, to talk to legislators, talking to folks, um, uh, going out fishing and hunting with our sportsman outreach um, coordinators uh, or writing at LTE or just, you know, going to certain public meetings and knowing what's happening and it's, it's something in their area. And, I mean, there's all kinds of different things, even just sharing a blog or signing up for the newsletter and, and putting stuff on social media. All of it is important. All of it keeps the word going. So it really, you know, whatever your, your personality is, if you want to want to go up to D.C., we can work with you on that. If you want to, um, you know, just kind of stay up to date and read about it in your leisure and maybe share a few things with friends and family, that's what, another great thing. So kind of can learn all about the different ways that anybody can get involved and help because everybody is important. And like you said, you know, I've been doing this outreach work for a long time. Um, we work with a whole bunch of different stakeholder groups across the coast, and I – will tell you that sportsmen and women, just like you said, they are really some of the most powerful. They're some of my favorite advocates to work with because they do have that deep connection to the coast, and they're just fabulous uh, spokespeople. Absolutely. We also have, like, flyover events, flyover, like, that we can take people up sometimes. And, you know, a lot of sportsmen and women see the coast really firsthand on the ground, but, you know, it's really cool to go up and see it from the air and see what's happening. And, you know, you're talking, you know, the land is going away, but when you see it from the air, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Boy, that's, that's so true. When you get out there, when you get above, you really notice how much of Louisiana is water and how much that water is encroaching. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Amanda, um, and, and getting some more information into Vanishing Paradise, I'm guessing you can just go online and check you guys out. Vanishingparadise.org, and then we have uh, and there's information about conservation on CAP um, there. You can also go to our Facebook page. We have an event page for this thing coming up on October 17th at the Brass Monkey, um, and hope everybody can come out. Thanks so much for joining us, and I hope the event works out for you guys. Get some good Thank feedback. You. All right. All right, Amanda Moore right there, the Mississippi River Delta Restoration Program. Long name, huh? Uh, Good things they're doing, though. All right, that's going to do it for the show this morning, the North Shore Fishing Report. Uh, Time flies when you're talking fishing, huh? want to thank all our guests this morning, Andy Jones of Wicked Charters, and Chris Basie talking a little bass fishing, right? And and Amanda Moore right there talking coastal restoration. Y'all be safe out on the water. Next month, we've got a remote broadcast at more, uh, more Shore Fishing Point at Gus's Tackle and Net. See you then. Good luck. Stay safe on the water. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.